life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. Well, guys, welcome back to the podcast. Guess who we've got back? I'm here. It's the I'm man. Here. There has been much editing, but I am still here <laughs> yeah, anyway. I'm yeah, I'm glad. How have things been going? Uh, let's see. Well, while you guys were podcasting last week, also while you guys were at the LA Auto Show. Oh, yes, actually, right. I was editing that day as well. So uh, episode one ships this week. Okay. Episode two probably ships next week, and three is about 10 days out. So Great. we have to get I those like three. Well, for, th- for you that want to know about what's going on in the weeds, we have to stay three weeks ahead of each uh, broadcast. <laughs> Down in the weeds. We have to. But then you add the fact that a lot of people are not going to do any actual work for a week over Christmas. So that ratchets, ratchets things up another notch. Yeah, right. So I have just right. ca- keep losing weeks, if you will. So I'm going to have at least three episodes, maybe four episodes out before end of the calendar year. And if, if you follow along, maybe you haven't heard this. I don't know if you've heard this or not. We have 13 weeks on Velocity for season two. Mm-hmm. All, all right. when, you, when you have this kind of deal, it's all a 13-week season. But that means it's going to be six brand new episodes. Brand new content from us. The, mm-hmm. the comparisons we're so excited to share, like that California trip we just took. That's oh, yeah. in there. Lemons yeah, yeah. is in there. Uh, GT three fifty R versus Camaro Z one. I cannot wait. That one's super to fun. That one. Our LA night one. shoot is in there too. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, Fiat one twenty four Miata RF and uh, eighty six. We finally are getting that out. And that's up front, right? That's the first one out. Yep. Okay, because that, we the, shot that mid twenty seventeen, middle so of the summer. Yeah, been a while, yeah, yeah. but. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so all, time. all that stuff is brand new, and, and that will all run through the first six weeks of the year, and then it will repeat for the next uh, six, seven weeks. So that's kind of the plan. So that means I've got to get ahead of all of it. And it's actually – look, there's, there's an inordinate amount of work still, but I'm ticking through things. Good. So that's good. Good. Excellent. Well, uh, as you know, I have driven low tie before. Oh, yes. And I wanted to transition into a story about driving your car since actually mm-hmm. I held off until very recently, actually yeah. yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I just kind of wanted you to – I know you've let other people drive it and sure. you're very willing. Yeah. But I just kind of wanted it to be yours and get ingrained and get into the that. family and I appreciate become that, but, your car. But I am surprised it took you as long to drive mine as it has until now. It has. Yeah. It just hasn't seemed like the right time for whatever okay. reason. But yesterday was. Mm-hmm. And so we were actually shooting for some of our sponsors coming up on Velocity and doing some little bit of production work in garages. And you probably saw the messy half of my, my garage. The pristine half followed by the messy half. It was a, f- a fantastic behind-the-scenes so production photo. No, you shouldn't I'm be embarrassed, so embarrassed. Because here's the thing. Junk everywhere. Even your junky half, if you look at it, <laughs> has still got organization. Yeah, I wouldn't call it that, but okay. If you see the junky half of my garage, <laughs> oh, man. it's all relative. Yeah. Well, all right. So uh, we were driving actually over to my house to do this shooting yeah. and jumped in your car, by mm-hmm. the way. Appreciate it. And, Absolutely. Uh, we had to take the Lotus so and the Mini, and I said, don't you really want to drive the Lotus? And he said, yeah, I think I do. Yeah, today was the day. So uh, went and uh, hopped in your car, backing out, and I was honestly, as soon as I started actually rolling, you know, above 20 miles an hour, <laughs> I just started giggling. It's just mm. going, oh, man, this is so much fun. It's crazy, isn't it? It just, it's so cathartic. There yeah. is not a dead spot in the center wheel, in the steering wheel. There's not a dead spot anywhere in that car. Anywhere. but For, for better and for worse. Information uh-huh. overloading your brain uh-huh. at low speeds. Yeah. And I know why you love this car. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't deal with it on a daily basis like I know you, you do. I know you could I just, yeah. 
I don't want that. I want to just kind of cruise sometimes yeah, or I know. whatever that is. For track work, brilliant car. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. canyon driving, unbelievable. But, you know, just even though I did have a blast. And so I got onto the freeway and I'm just going, holy cow. Yeah. It's just this surge of information. And it is I a fire hose. You're right. Nothing else. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. blanked out my mind. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about anything else in my mind. Sure. I was just thinking about how good does the steering feel? How good is this car in the road? That's funny. How tiny am I? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. You're a dot. So I pull up to my exit here, and I pull up behind a pickup truck. Oh. Ford F-150. Okay. And it's got a construction. Like, you know, I'm a home contractor, home sure. construction. Yeah, yeah. There's many of those inside. around here. Yeah, for sure. And so I think, okay, you know, I'm, I can nearly see under his truck. Of course you can. I can see the top of the rear differential. Let's put it that way. <laughs> of course you can, yeah. <laughs> under the truck. Yeah. I'm thinking, all right, so here we go. And, you know, turn left, turn the corner, mm-hmm. and I just – I kind of get right because the lane opens up. You've got two lanes there, yeah. So I yeah, thought, yeah. you know what? I'm small. I'm nimble. I'll just go ahead and pass you. Well, he would probably have none of that and just gunned it. Isn't that weird about this car and trucks? I'm going, okay, man, I, what are you doing? I, because we've got a corner that both of us know is coming. Mm-hmm. And it's a long, sweeping right-hand corner that goes up a hill. Mm-hmm. But this corner is SUVs and trucks are not designed for it. Sure. Yeah, they yeah. can, you know, they can do it, but at low normal speed. But not speeds. like the Lotus can do it. Yeah, for sure. Not the lo- not like the Lotus. I love doing it in Cayman. Sure, yeah, yeah. Just about any hot sports car, well, you'll have a lot of fun on this right-hand sweeper. Yeah, it's a big sweeper. It's awesome. I know that's coming. So does he. And so I just finally get up to about 6,000. I, I didn't really get into it hard. Yeah, I just thought, yeah, you yeah. know what? I'm just going to pass you now. The, you know, engine had plenty of power. And then as soon as we got into the corner, I maintained my speed. Mm-hmm. Actually, I was increasing speed. <laughs> as you can, yes. And he just, it's like he flew backwards. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I kind of told you, like, you knew it was coming. Well, what, but, why did you want to challenge me in this little car? Why did you want to show off? And what were you showing me? What were you demonstrating yeah, to me but, in your pickup truck? But what I can't believe is that in roughly a 10, 15-minute drive, you had the number one experience I have in that car. And that is... Most of the time, if I come up behind somebody on the freeway in the left lane, nine times out of ten, cars will move over. It's kind of amazing. But pickup trucks never will. And they will get as close to me as they can, and they will do everything they can to hang with that car. And I don't understand what it is about that little skittle of a car I'm racking my and brain. guys in pickups. But, and I've told you about it, and you've kind, of, you've kind of smiled, nodded, and gone, that's kind of interesting. It's happened to me in the Cayman. And then you're in my car, and you see how bad it is. I it's mean, crazy. The first time I pull off. And yes, it's happened to me in the Cayman. Yeah. And yeah, guys yeah. think, oh, I'm going to show this guy. What? What are you, what are you showing me? <laughs> what exactly have we accomplished? Because as soon as we hit a, a gentle bend in the road— uh-huh. I'm going to increase speed, and I'm going to leave you behind now. Yeah, for sure. And thusly let it be so. I mean, that's what these cars <laughs> are designed to do. Like, yeah. You, yeah, yeah. What are you proving here by your giant turbocharged diesel engine? Yeah, you've got me off the line. You've got loads of torque. Yeah, for sure. But okay, what what did we all accomplish? It's interesting. Here? It's it's really bizarre. You that you felt had that good experience. about your day because I don't know. I'm just glad you drove it and enjoyed it so much. It I was really delightful am. to drive. So I really appreciate it, and just yeah, so much fun. But um, yeah, I love my Cayman. <laughs> it's just I know, the, I know the great all arounder. Absolutely, I don't know. oh, absolutely. No, your Cayman, your Cayman is, and, and I mean this, I, I don't mean this as a slight. Your Cayman is a luxury vehicle compared to the. Oh, Lux. it is. Oh, I agree. You I know? agree. And and then still is unbelievably capable, which so is very cool. funny. There is nothing on the road like a Lotus Elise. I agree with you. Nothing. I agree with you. 
It's it's kind of unbelievable to, to, for the, for its better and its worse. That's the thing about it yeah. in a great way and in a terrible way. Yeah, and you know I've driven plenty of them. We've reviewed mm-hmm. plenty of, of them, and it's just this reminder of oh yeah, oh that's right, car. this car. So speaking of uh, odd things on the road, um, <laughs> many of you have asked. We have to discuss. I, I dare you to pronounce this, this the Lamborg- name, the Lamborghini Urus. I was I was thinking, is it Urus or Urus or I'm going to go with Urus, but I think so too. But yeah, so it's out. I mean, we knew it was coming. There's been all the camouflage photos, but now it's a thing. It's out. There's the yellow. At least it's yellow. There's the the yellow pictures and all this kind of thing. Somebody sent us a a picture that that had a photo of an Aztec. And said, "Oh, look, the new <laughs> right. Lamborghini Urus," which right. is awful but funny. <laughs> uh, but we we have to discuss this at least a little bit. All right. Well, I have taken the liberty. Uh-oh. Of choosing some alternate names for this vehicle. Oh, no. Also in Italian. Okay. <laughs> I had to go doing a few Google Translate items because I thought, all right, you know, I know it's all animals and it's Spanish bullfighting yeah. uh-huh. and whatever, yeah, yeah. but I started with the Lamborghini Egoista. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Getting there. Or the Odioso. <laughs> so I kind of like that, think actually. Think about that. Yeah. I went as far as going to the Aspetto Pazzo, which... <laughs> Best of luck to you on it that. It just means crazy appearance. Okay. But uh, one of my favorites was the Selvaggio Stragone, which loosely translates as the crazy witch doctor. That Hey, wait. Except for the <laughs> fact that the badge on the back of that car goes from, from taillight to taillight. I actually do like that one. <laughs> so, you know, I'm trying to think Urus, Urus... It just... It does not roll off the tongue. It, it still does not sound good to my ears. Did Lamborghini build the Italian brodozer now with this car? Have have they well, kind of. jumped the shark and now they're they're doing this because yeah. I fear that you know Lamborghini or Ferrari is going to do one and maybe Ferrari Lotus will. and and I think Lotus we've will. got the Levante. If Lotus Ugh. is smart, they will. I hate to say it, but they're going to. And, and and I'm intrigued by what Lotus might do. But 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 the big thing we're touching on already is the fact that this is the market segment that everybody has to make because they can't do anything but make them money. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Porsche pioneered it and received all the hate. So now anybody that wants to can follow, and they can point to Porsche and say, it saved Porsche. It makes Porsche money. Mm-hmm. So this is the reason to make one. But the thing I can't get past looking at it is I, I feel like I see the breeding, and I don't mean that in a good way. Okay. I mean, sometimes that's because, good. You because want to this, see the breeding. Because this is the same platform as the Q7, the Cayenne, and the Bentley Bentayga. Now yes. think about how different yes. those three cars look in their current form. This is the same chassis, and it looks like it to me. It looks like, oh, I see, you're building on somebody else's architecture, and I'm going to give you a contrast on that. Mm, okay. The R8 and the Huracan, or the R8 and the Gallardo, let's go back to when it started. I submit to you that the reason the 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 quote-unquote cheap entry-level Lamborghini cars, the Gallardo and the Huracan, work so well. I actually like both of those designs a lot. Mm-hmm. The reason they work that, yeah. so well is because they aren't – they don't look like anything Audi makes. Audi makes sedans, and then they have this weird wild card. Why is it a weird wild card? Because the R8 is built on a chassis for Lamborghini. True. Okay. This Fair is enough. Lamborghini building on a chassis that is like nothing else they do. They're building on a chassis built for the Audi Q7 and trying to go, well, what do we do? And you end up scratching your heads and making these weird rear fenders. That mm-hmm. I, I, I want to stand beside this car because I bet you that rear fender is probably the size of my sternum. <laughs> it's got to be way high. Sure, I can see that. I, I'm looking at this car and I'm finding 
similar elements as our many listeners. They're finding similar elements on a lot of cars. Lexus RX, the new mm-hmm. elongated RX. That's happening. Um, yeah, the rear fenders. But look at this. I mean, they're bringing back elements of the original Countach in those rear wheel cutouts. But yeah. the the black parts that surround the wheel lip make a strange kind of hook shape around those wheels there from a side view. Okay. So on one hand, I don't know that you could mistake this for any other manufacturer, to be honest. With the proportions, the width, that high tail on there. Yeah. Maybe. But you think, okay, there's some some lines that look Japanese to my eye, but it keeps going into muscle and a lot of beefy proportions that say, okay, that that's not Japanese. That's that's True. too no, far. They went too far. They're trying really hard to make it theirs. I absolutely get that. And I see all the design things that are their design things they're shoving onto this car and the angles and the shapes, if you will. Put it another way. The geometry of the shapes mm-hmm. is Lamborghini geometry. It is. But at the same yeah. time, I, I feel like there's guys in the corner with a sketch pad scratching their head looking at a Q7 going, what do we do? Yeah, there's and there's a lot of iterations on here. There's a lot of interesting stylistic elements like this slash run out of the rear taillights right on the rear three-quarter above the, the intake there or mm-hmm. just the exhaust, yeah. air exhaust outlet there. That exists for stylistic purposes only, and only on a Lamborghini can you get away with stuff like this. And to widen the track. Inexplicable. Yeah. How do you yeah. explain that to your design manager and say, <laughs> I'm introducing this element here that catches a highlight and it looks very knife-like and no, it doesn't relate to anything else, but you know what? We're Lamborghini and we're crazy and we can do whatever. <laughs> and for that design review, yeah. you'll get the approval, which yeah. it obviously okay. did. What's jarring to me are the circular or oval tailpipes on the mm, rear mm. in contrast with everything else that is going on okay kind of going all right i know you've got to say muscle and that definitely says performance it always has yeah but I, I i i'm strangely attracted to the proportions though and i think all right if lamborghini has to do this this is a good execution of what it is and think about the suv market as you said mm-hmm. it's growing expanding it's not going away rolls royce is coming out with a you know something that's yeah. going to be monstrous and even uglier i would say this will make you know it'll make yeah. this one look beautiful by comparison i'm just going all right it gives rich people another choice honestly well, yes but here's the thing here's the thing that keeps happening and why these keep selling and why this will sell oh it'll sell it's it by the truckload it's the guys that have got money to get into something like that but they don't feel like they can have a daily that is an actual sports car Mm-hmm. In yeah. their head, well, sports cars can't be used daily for whatever reason. Or, you know, uh, my wife hates all my sports cars, but you know what? I'll get her the Lamborghini <laughs> SUV. You remember that? There was oh, that man, that one woman that we saw at uh, Pebble Beach a couple of years ago, where she apparently because apparently she's been seen in the places. People called it out when we tweeted about it. Johnny oh, Lieberman had oh, a great photo. Yeah. We had it in our video. <laughs> she she wears a lot of backless dresses. Yeah. Because she has a probably foot-wide Lamborghini logo tattooed on her lower back. Yeah. This is the car for her. I hate to say it, but there it is. Wow. It's, I mean, it's, it's her grocery getter. From far away, this thing is a little bit um, – some of the lines are recognizable and subtle in a way. But then the closer you get, the more wild and crazy it gets. The details do that. Yeah, but you know what I can't get past styling-wise? 
this looks, I don't know if you've even seen one of these on the road. I saw one of these on the road when we were in LA shooting our, our commute thing in Los Angeles downtown. The Honda CHR. CHR. Look it up if okay. you haven't seen it. Okay. Look it up. It is their hyper angular new tiny little SUV. It's their Mazda Mazda CX three competitor. If you want to give sure, it a friendly reference, sure, sure. it's that competitor, but with crazy styling. Yeah. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but the Urus and this CHR have a lot of interesting similar design elements in them, and I think that's bad. And by the way, <laughs> I don't like it on either one of them. I'm actually because I'm going through that footage right now because it's our third episode, and I'm going through that footage. Oh, sure. This isn't in the piece because it doesn't relate, but I, I'm literally driving along in downtown LA, and I look over. I look, I'm kind of looking past the camera because it's next to me, and I go, Honda CHR. <laughs> wow, that's just ugly. And then I keep talking about the car I'm actually in. It's not attractive, and it looks an awful lot like this Lamborghini. I guarantee you, everyone, that this Urus, <clears throat> yuck, is is going to look different in person. It's going to I be agree with that. way more imposing and more in-your-face and more Lamborghini-like than the pictures will ever do. It's this gonna is going to be one of those cars. It's going to have a ton of presence. I can. Oh, that's gosh, what, something yeah. I can e- extrapolate yeah. for sure. It's, when you see one in front of you, you're going to be like, what is that? Wow, that's a Lamborghini. It's, you're going to notice it immediately. You're not going to think, what is that Lex Infinite? You're right. Mod? You're right. No, I can't quite put my finger on it. No, no, this is going to be way different. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. And 640-something horsepower... Gosh. Second only to, I think, the new uh, Trackhawk because they decided to put Hellcats in everything. They're going right. to be like a Dodge coffee mug connected to a Hellcat motor. I don't know what that does, <laughs> but we have this Hellcat motor, and it needs to be in more things. Holy but moly. But 640-something horsepower, and, and they're doing – honestly, they're doing the thing that, that Porsche did with the very first Caymans. Okay. I mean, not Caymans, Cayennes. Cayennes. The very first Cayennes. Yeah. Porsche released their SUV, and they said, okay, if we're going to make an SUV, it's going to be awesome at anything you could ever do in a vehicle. We're going to make it amazing sure. for off-road. We're going to make it great for going to the grocery store. And we're also going to make it a track monster. And then since then, they've kind of backed off on the crazy off-road stuff. They've backed because off on that. that they thing, realized yeah. everybody just accepted it, and nobody decided to take it off-road. But this is the exact same model out, out of the gate. Track monster has a sand mode. It's supposed to be great off-road except for the, like, 23-inch rims. And then, of course, where it will really be is in the school pickup line and the grocery store. I hope so. I, I, I mean, I hope it works out like that and it's great at everything and i'm looking at this and think well maybe lamborghini made the x6 the bmw with no headspace headroom in the back i do want to sit in the back of this because it's when you think about that platform all of those the cars on this platform prior to this have really great room for five people yeah they do this suggests it won't have good backseat headroom on the other hand lamborghini is fortunate by not having to build practicality into any of their cars true True. And here they are going the opposite direction and still putting those kinds of non-practical styling mm-hmm. shapes on mm-hmm. this very much it's got to do stuff SUV. And it's got That's if, weird. If you look at the straight profile, it's got a awfully big rake all the way through the oh, second yeah. row. Which makes me think it's going to be people 5'5 five, five and below that can fit in there without tilting your head to the side. Which, in a Lamborghini, you don't care. If you don't fit in a Lamborghini with a helmet, you still don't care. Right. But, right. If, you, but if it's your Lamborghini SUV, it has to work. It has to. It has to fit stuff in the back. You would think. Will this thing tow any boats? Do you see this thing towing your jet skis to the lake? I mean, honestly. Well, somebody will do it. Yeah, this is not this is not typical SUV behavior with this thing. It's well, but, just but we're I pa- got it because it's different and new. But and we're huge. way past typical SUV behavior yeah. at this point. We're all buying them for reasons unknown to even all of us. <laughs> 
Well, guys, we've got lots of questions on social media. Thank you for writing in. And many of you did write about the Urus. I still don't like saying that word. Anyway, if you've got a better name, please write to us. We are taking submissions. <laughs> or write for to the... Lamborghini and say, please, please, please. <laughs> yeah, send it directly to them. Yeah. I'm curious to hear if you have any good ones. Uh, that'd be interesting because um, I did look up Urus, and it is the extinct longhorn European wild ox. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yet this is not, not extinct. It's just now being created, <laughs> which is quite ironic. But anyway. Couple of debates for this time around. We've got Michael in California who has a 2013 Scion FRS. I've heard of those, yeah. Have you heard of these cars? I have heard of those cars. They're supposed to be pretty good. They are pretty good. Yeah. And uh, he is actually writing in to upgrade, even though he says he is not 100% sure that he wants to get rid of his car. He's having that classic dilemma we talk about, and that is he loves his car. He mm-hmm. loves it. Yeah. And yet he's going, maybe time to move on. That's a good one. We've also got another one here from uh, Matt up in Seattle is writing to us. Uh, his, for, for his mom, this is a very special car debate we're going to get into in a little bit because it's got a lot of kind of twists and turns. Yeah. Uh, his dad is sick. His mom has a 400,000-mile – I'm going to back that up again – 400,000-mile Mitsubishi Montero. free, right? We never get to hear that again? Yeah, exactly. Uh, that she has that she loves. So the last thing she wants to do is get rid of it. But her, his dad really wants her in something new. So we're going to try to figure that out as well. So that's coming up also. All right. So as we were talking about, we've got Michael. He is uh, the guy in California. And having to deal with terrible drivers, he says, who yeah. seem more like they're tr- focused on trolling his FRS – Try driving a Lotus Elise, and then second to that, <laughs> trolling his relative Cayman GTS. Yeah, we we definitely understand that, and uh, yeah, they're they're trying to just get around him, trying to pass me, cruise, and all that kind of stuff. Well, but I would say the thing I've noticed, and I say this having lived in LA, and you did too, is that you really have to disconnect yourself from the ego of of driving in California because what you realize yeah. if you start to look closely, no one's trolling you. Because no one has actually paid attention to the fact that you're even there. <laughs> there, it's there, true. there are there. I don't know if there's any other place where drivers are less aware of anything but what is exactly going on in the cabin of their car. Especially if there's leaves growing on the display screen. And this is, I, you know what? This I just hybrid. had an epiphany. This may be the reason why in California they do that thing that I still to this day do not understand. When you want to get into a turn lane. You may be in the position that, you, that you're going to get in the turn lane, and you may have your blinker on, but you still stick your hand out the window and point to where you're going to go. Why does this happen? I've just had an epiphany. It happens because no one's paying any attention. Wow. So the hand out the window point is the first time you've even noticed that car was there. <laughs> anyway, so this is – you're not being trolled. You're being ignored. I'm still concerned about the leaves appearing on my display somewhere. Yeah, that's all bad. Because uh-huh. that means – I don't know what that means. Anyway, all right, so he is into tracking the car monthly. Congratulations, mm-hmm. that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're, you're taking the time to do that. I mean, that's more than most people, to be honest. And you're using the car in the environment that it's right, but he also commutes in it. Right. And he's come to the terrible commute conclusion, which is, in a commute situation, pretty much everybody's is faster, faster than me. Yeah. That's the big issue is power, it seems to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's still kind of mixed here. So he's written to us saying, hey, the car is paid off. He's enjoying not having a car payment yeah, on this yeah, thing. Yeah, which is great. And so he wants to either find something he can trade the car in for straight across one-to-one mm-hmm. or wait a little while and save up for something. He's also saving for a house down payment Yeah, and you know, trying to be you know, fiscally responsible, which mm-hmm. you've written into the wrong podcast. Yes, that's, that's, that, that, I've got to find us. the title for that podcast when we get those recommendations. I've got to send somebody somewhere else because <laughs> it's not here. Yeah, exactly. All right, so he's trying to get out of debt and eventually live a debt-free lifestyle, which we definitely get. 
but he's got the itch of a, you know, once a weekend car, track mm-hmm, car, mm-hmm. he's got to do the commute thing, on and on. Which is in massive contrast to debt-free lifestyle. <laughs> Honey, I've burned through another set of tires. That's tires true. on credit. Okay, moving on. I have a credit card. Hey, look, new tires. It's just that easy, everyone. All right, so his wife has a Honda Fit, mm-hmm. so he does not need the fuel-efficient vehicle that's already covered. That's sure. great. Yeah, yeah. Just nice. So he's given us, what, six options here? Yes, yeah, six different options going through places that his brain has gone and mm-hmm. saying, this is what I'm thinking. Yeah. What do yeah, you guys yeah. think? Where should I go? How to tweak these? Yeah, and it sounds like Michael's working with on the upper level, even if he waits a little bit and saves a little bit, a little bit of money up, we're looking at maybe the upper end maybe of 20 grand if he waits. Mm-hmm. But Michael, yeah. I'm going to tell you the bad news right now. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the bad news. I don't know what your mileage is, but my guess is if you posted that 2013 FRS for sale right now, most of your offers would be between 13 and 14 grand. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and as the clock keeps ticking, that car keeps dropping. So you may you may wait six months or a year, but that car is not going to wait on you. It's going to keep dropping. I suspect I could be wrong. I think the floor of those is eleven. Do you really? I think the floor of them is eleven, of where they're going to kind of settle off a bit. Out. We'll see. So I mean, cars depreciate. Obviously, of course they do. They all do. They all do. But those cars are dropping like the Fiesta STs. They're dropping consistently. Yeah. And I, and I feel yeah. like that just above ten grand is that figure where those cars bounce because people are like, oh, those are those cheap now? I should get one. Right. It's, it's, it's the Miata factor. You know what I mean? Sure. You can find can the $2,000 Miata, but you can find the really nice ones. And again, Miata's been made for 30 years, so they right. find really cheap ones. But crazy they seem like they bounce wow. about ten grand for a while. And yeah, I mean, you had your experience. It just seemed like, yeah, cars depreciate, but these seem to be de- depreciating faster than usual. Because it's it was a, niche a little bit car. of a strange thing. Because every time we checked, it was sort of like, wait, I, where did where did I thought we were good? Where did five hundred dollars go? Where did a thousand dollars go? So that's yeah. the, that's the bad news, Michael. Is I think if you wait on if you and I don't know that selling it's the answer. I want to talk about this up one side and down the other. But I, I think if you wait on it, keep in mind that car is continuing to lose value. Granted, you don't have a payment, mm-hmm. but it's not yeah. going to hang on and wait. Yeah, so that means we get to spend money. Yay! Uh-huh. All right, so here's the scenarios. First of all, trade in for a C5 Corvette. He's noticed these are also getting really cheap and starting to look attractive since he can pretty much afford to jump straight into one of these cars. Now, there's some downsides, which he names. Bad cooling old car, but he loves that V8. I mean, pretty much yeah. bulletproof V8 in those cars. Sure. Now, he moves on to option number two here as he's talking about the steering and fuel handling because the Z06 flavor of the C5 yeah. would start to solve some things. For sure. No, I can see. I'm going to say right now, I think you have to go Z06. I, can't, I think you shouldn't go traditional yeah. C5 because you're going to end up putting money into it. Just go Z06. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, he's saying this would definitely satisfy the power wants, but it would take more work than mm-hmm. some of these other suggestions here that we'll read to mm-hmm. prep it for track. But can you imagine commuting in a C5 Z06 with racing seats and a cool shirt thermos cooler thing and a roll bar? And <laughs> that is the opposite of comfortable. That is that. That's not going the wrong way. Yeah, you've walked through the door that says Lotus Elise. Yeah, <laughs> and wound up with a bigger car. Still, <laughs> this this door is confused. What happened in this room? What's in here? Oh, huh. Interesting. All right. So he's got number three as that saving up for an 06 to 08 Cayman S. So mm-hmm. first generation Cayman S. Mm-hmm. You could even go Cayman. Actually, yeah, true. Cayman's straight up 2.7 liter are 18 grand. And they're going to be faster than the FRS. I know that's a low <laughs> bar, but it's true either way. That's true. That is a very low point of entry. 
can't quite afford the 09 and and greater and mm-hmm. uh, and newer Caymans. Um, what else? Scared about the reliability? I wouldn't be too scared about that at this yeah. point. Yeah, agreed. Honestly. But yeah, about 20 grand-ish, 18 to 20 grand. And that's that's going to be a different car. That, that very, is very. You know, kind of what you're looking for. It's rare that the track thing, the specific monthly track mm-hmm, thing, mm-hmm. enters into our discussion for most people that we sure, answer questions sure. for. Yeah. Number four, get a Miata. Could go the hardcore track thing with a roll bar. Could do that. He could, number five, get a front-wheel drive hot hatch. And he's thinking trade straight across one-to-one, but he doesn't care for the dynamics of that hot hatch. And you could go camping in your Honda Fit, as you said here, like that. (laughs) And then finally, number six, a used sixth-generation Camaro SS. But I feel like that one has already negated itself. Make friends with your local tire dealer. Well, and let's hope you're short. Because every time <laughs> yeah, I drive right. one of those I, in a helmet, I've got my. I mean, you're talking about tracking this car. If you're six feet tall or higher, you're going to have your your helmet touching the roof all the time. So let's hope you're short. You haven't mentioned that since you haven't mentioned that as being an issue. I'm suspecting that you may be okay. But you did say that you recently sat in a uh, one of these Camaros, mm-hmm. and you and your wife both were uncomfortable and didn't like the seats. I think that takes it out of the running right there. I, I think yeah. it's gone. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I'm, I've been thinking about scenarios. I've been trying to, you know, mix finances here and kind of think, oh, we could pull from there, pull from mm-hmm. here, Michael. But uh, I'm kind of coming back to one car. But I'm really? glad okay. you addressed the prices are falling and you can't go one-to-one. I don't think you're going to be able to do it. You're going to have to bring hard. money. It's going to be difficult. And, and he's talking about as much as twenty grand. I think that's the amount of money that really gets conversations going on a good car here. You might find something for a steal for eighteen or so. You know that's possible. But I, I think, but again, eighteen is probably going to be four to five thousand dollars above what your FRS is worth right now. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it, but as a guy that sold one in the last six months, that car's not worth what you think it is. So here's my recipe, Michael. Okay. I'm actually going to tell you to hold off. Really? Okay. I'm going to tell you to wait because you are Mm debt-free, because you do like the dynamics of the car. And Mm -hmm. I know the commute is brutal. Yeah. However, I would love it if you could get into an M235i. 2014, Mm. 2015 BMW M235i, car Mm -hmm. we love. Sure, sure, sure. Or 30 grand. You're not there right now. True, true. But is there something you could do to squirrel more money away or just, you know, get there sooner? Because that car to me is the replacement. You and I talked about the M2. Mm-hmm. Chance has brought this up as well about, you know, hey, this is the dynamics and sort of the, the do-it-all recipe that the FRS brings. Just mm-hmm. everything is better in this car. If you start out down the road to the pieces that make up the 86 chassis, if you keep going down that road to more expensive higher-end cars, you wind up at something like an M2. Yeah. Dynamics and everything. Yeah, I, I totally agree with I that. I just don't want you putting money into tuning your FRS that money you're never going to get back. And if True. prices bottom at 11 or 12, let's call it 12, okay. optimistically, okay. and you could eventually count on getting 12 for your car, well, yeah, you got to bring money to the table. Mm-hmm. But if you saved more away, then you could get into something a little better, and you, you're not tuning, yeah. you're not doing yeah. anything, you're just in a better car. Yeah. I mean, I, I my only counterpoint there is I think there is merit in possibly keeping this car because he loves it. But if the power is what bugs you, if, if, if you really are a person where that's the only thing about the car that bothers you, and you love that it's paid off. There's a mm-hmm. part of me that goes, what about playing with it a bit? Hmm. Yeah. I, I, and look, this is, this is, it's a money pit. I agree. 
you won't get that money back out. If you put five grand in for a supercharger, you might gain a thousand dollars on the back end, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But but that's the thing is is tuned cars in general, they go for no more money or possibly less depending upon the car we're talking about having tuned. Mm-hmm. But if that's the only thing that's holding you back on this car, like that's the, that's the whole list. It's a part of me that goes. You could play with that, and you could play with it over time. Sure, uh, if I'm, he keeps it and yes, just kind of yes, you know, while you're waiting for a future car. Yeah, I feel like I is. feel like there's that question: is from a financial perspective, this is the reason people tune. Let's be honest. It is instead of going and buying a more expensive car, they tune the one they have because well, you know what? I've got a thousand dollars I can spend. I don't have six thousand to buy the whatever. Love the one you're with. Tune the one you're with. There, wow, there you go. There's the new shirt. I'm gonna start it's writing. Gonna, music it's gonna over be. Here. It's gonna be in the in the. It's gonna be a tie dye shirt. Tune the one you're with. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Okay. Yeah, that'll be on Blipshift soon. Anyway, I'm actually. You know what? I'm going to make a note. I'm not even kidding. I'm going to make a note. Oh yes, I am. Oh my god. But anyway, um, so. That's a thought on the 86 chassis. You're staying with the M235i? Because I've got a few I options I like here. that. I was thinking about a commuter. Could you, you know, get the commuter car? And then, hey, the FT86, the, you know, the FRS is now your track car. Possibly. Because you've kept it and blah and mm-hmm. do all that stuff to it. But then the cost of getting another commuter car, I mean, suddenly you back to a car payment. He didn't, yeah, he didn't bring up that option, which I'm kind of surprised by. He didn't bring up the, what if I keep this? And what if I buy the cheap whatever as just the Mazda three? I don't to like commute, yeah. I don't like commuting, but I have to do it. Yeah. Car that is an option. I want to talk about sports cars here for a second. Again, the the C five I think is wrong unless you go Z six. Agreed. But then Very that might so. be a little hardcore for yeah. the daily. I don't know. You'll have to see what you think of it. Uh, I I do have to say that if you actually do have eighteen twenty grand, the Cayman is very compelling. I agree, and I, I agree love that it. the base Cayman is even compelling. Because save yourself the money, and you're still going to wind up with a car that is more powerful and nicer to commute in than your FRS. And when you go to the track, honestly, honestly, I feel like that Cayman may almost be the other equation. In when you sense? wind up at the track, you're going to wish that car had more power. Sure. But when you're no, probably commuting, probably not going to care that much. It's probably going to feel better than the FRS, which is a low bar, but still going to feel Those better. Are brilliant. They're genuinely 18000 Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. Uh, you mentioned in passing... Uh, I mean, very much like in passing in one sentence, the 370Z. And I have to ask you, why not a serious look at a 370Z? Yeah, yeah. Because, and I wouldn't go 350. I mean, I, the 350 is fine, but go 370. It's an improvement across the board. And those cars have been out for a while now. You can start getting those for under 20. It's it's a mm-hmm. it's definitely a heavier car than the FRS, but it's one of those cars, especially on track. Every time you and I drive it, we just go, "This is great." Yeah. Now it is true. loud inside. There's not a whole lot of extra room. Honestly, your FRS is utility vehicle compared to the 370Z <laughs> because the the back seats and the fold down rear <laughs> yeah, and the big right. trunk. You you are going to go to a car cabin wise that is smaller, but total weight is more, which is weird but true. Right. 370Z right. is a consideration. I do have to say one other one though, kind of in the wild card category. What about a 1 Series? What about a 135i? If you shop smart, those are getting down there. Are those under 20? You can get down there under really? 20 in those. And if you can't find a 135i, I guarantee you could find a 128i, but get the Sport Pack, and that could work too. Yeah. Get the Sport Pack, just like you need to get the Z06, yes. C5, or C6. Get the Sport Pack in the yeah, 128i. So I, I do think the 1 Series is a contender here because you can commute in that all day long. 
Yeah, true. And you're another, I hate to say it this way, you're another BMW in California, right? which is fine. <laughs> Nobody's going to bother you either way. Again, they're ignoring you anyway, but they're not going to bother you. <laughs> exactly. But then you can go track that car running on a canyon road. It's going to be great, and it's going to be more powerful than your FRS. Problem solved. That's true. No, nice suggestions, Michael. Uh, really, thank you for writing in. Let us know what you end up getting, and uh, hopefully that helps. If you've got your own debate, write to us at everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. We'd love to look through your debate and... Uh, Hopefully we get so many now, and, and believe me, we are soliciting. We are asking. So we've done it to ourselves. <laughs> We're glad to have them, for sure. <laughs> but, yeah, please write to us or on the website as well, everydaydriver.com. Write to us there. Guys, some advertising coming your way. Give us a quick break, and we'll be right back. Podcast One is your home for the biggest names in pro wrestling. We've got the animal Dave Bautista with Jim Ross on the Ross Report. I don't want to do a one-off. I want to go and I want to wrestle. You know, I want to be a part of the program and I love it. The longest reigning WWE Divas champion Nikki Bella with Lillian Garcia. There's that excitement and when you have a great match, you're like, oh my God. That's how you feel when you have a great dance with someone. Hard-hitting wrestling journalism with Wade Keller. Find out not just what's happening, but also decoding why it's happening and whether it's good for fans and the bottom line. And the unfiltered and unpredictable thoughts of Vince Russo. They dictate to us what is considered big time. Get all these podcasts and more exclusively on the new Podcast One app, podcastone.com, and on Apple Podcasts. Technology Truths, brought to you by Geico. Technology Truths. Truth, you will certainly send any text about your supervisor to your supervisor. What's with Janet's bangs? Did she lose a bet with a weed whacker? <laughs> LOL. And sent. Wait, no, 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 no. Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at Geico.com. Janet, I think my phone was hacked or something. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Jumping back in with Matt from Seattle. He is writing to us on behalf of his mom, who has a 2002 Mitsubishi Montero with 400,000 miles. I don't know anybody with 400,000 miles on anything, any kind of vehicle. Yeah, short of Matt Farah's million-mile Lexus. Well, that's true. That's it. That's, he, it. He does that's have, the list. Uh, he yeah. does have that. I mean, but you're approaching 200. I am. I am. But, but, I mean, Matt's burning money just trying to keep that Lexus running. <laughs> yeah. You know, He's got a cash fire, though, you know, out back called yeah. a Lexus LS400. He does. Craziness. All right. So Matt is, uh, like I said, writing on behalf of his folks uh, who live up in Seattle at the end of a cul-de-sac that is a huge hill. And his mom drives this O2 Montero that is apparently in constant need of repairs and engines. When your car consumes engines... Plural. That's a different discussion. Engines, plural. It's, it's not like my car burns oil. My car consumes engines. Yeah. What? I'm I sorry? Love, I love the idea that it's plural. That's <laughs> exactly. the thing about it. We didn't get rid of it after the first <laughs> replacement. No, no. We've gone through engines. <laughs> I mean, most people would say, you know what? It's time to get rid of the car, but not her. And hello, Mom. Thank you for listening. Hope you're listening <laughs> along with Matt. This is going to be fun. All right. So the Montero is named Mitzi. Great. <laughs> Fine. She keeps refusing to replace it, and his dad instead buys himself yet another car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She gets a new engine. He gets a new car, apparently. <laughs> exactly. Which, in that scenario, the engine probably is cheaper. But that's frightening. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. All right. So he has a 2016 Audi Allroad 09 BMW 5 Series and the tow vehicle, which is a 99 Dodge Dakota. Yeah. All right. So he's got, uh, you know, kind of all the driving situations covered there. Mm-hmm. Because they've got a second home down in Oregon, and so he's been kind of switching out storage of cars yeah, down, down in there. Bend, which is gorgeous, yeah. Which is cool. All right. So getting to uh, the, the part of the story that's uh, it's tough to hear, man. And, Absolutely. Uh, 
thank you for writing in, but this stuck out to me because I have personal experience with this, and that is uh, Matt's dad was diagnosed with brain cancer Oof. this year, Oof. and uh, he's had surgery, radiation, and chemo, and that, that has worked well so far, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we definitely hope uh, for, for continued recovery and huge health success in your family. But it's Matt. but that's that's um, daunting and scary. It's it's sure. rough. And I say that I have personal experiences because my mom passed away in in 2003 mm-hmm. of uh, of a brain tumor. It was a called a glioblastoma and um, yeah, it was it was been rough on our family. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. And so I I do understand and like I said, this is this is very personal to me. So I know um it it's rough on families, but we mm-hmm. we definitely wish you you know, your whole family, success and health. What I find fascinating about this story, though, is dad's going through this. Mm-hmm. And this, this, is, yeah. this is one of those little microcosms of marriage right here. Dad's going through this and he's thinking, I got to get my wife another car. That's Which what love. amazes me. So Which kudos to you, dad, and also Agreed. to Matt for writing in. But you're going through this reality and thinking, we got to do something about that Montero. Because, <laughs> because in a minute, totally. we're going to need another engine. <laughs> So this Turn is what around. we're shopping for. So we're trying to get – and I should also note that, that mom doesn't really like to drive. Mom's terrified of driving, if we're honest. Yes. So yes, I, 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 I bet you, I that bet you that's part of the issue. Hmm. Because if you don't like something but you're accustomed to doing it a certain way, I don't want to change anything. True. True. I, 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 look, the yeah. Montero may be on engine number seven. He doesn't say. But it may be on – I'm just going <laughs> it's, lucky it's number seven. fun to think of, though. Exactly. <laughs> it may be on engine seven, but at least if anything happens, I, I don't like doing this, but at least I understand how all of this works. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I think that's part of the issue here. So, so mom, I'm going to encourage you real, real quick. There is a, a situation here where at some point you do have to move on to another car. Whether it's this podcast or not, <laughs> there will be an adjustment factor, and that's okay. And it doesn't mean that whatever car you move on to next isn't the right one. It's true. It's just a matter of kind of getting in and going, oh, that's here now. Oh, that's, that, this is over here. You just got to kind of embrace it and move along with the change of it. Get a new whatever in your life. I'll, I'll look, I'll go, I'll go ridiculous for a second. Your family's had one refrigerator for 15 years. Sure. And it dies one day to get a new refrigerator. It's a refrigerator. This is not rocket science. And yet you're still going, oh, that's right. We're putting that there now. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. It's just that adjustment period. So, so I'm encouraging you, Mom, when this happens, to embrace the fact that for a little while, oh, that stuff's moved. Or this isn't as normal. And that's fine. That's true. Or else we're going to send you a bumper sticker that says, this is not an abandoned car and you have to put it on your Mitsubishi. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that, 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 that smell you smell is my other engine going. Yes. <laughs> exactly. We're going to send you bumper stickers and you have to put them on. Anyway, so Matt's folks have money to buy something nice. All right. And he thinks their budget would top out at about $65,000. Mm-hmm. So he's initially thinking a Toyota 4Runner because, you know, another 400,000 miles coming up shortly. Yeah. Something that is going to be reliable, but it definitely sounds like Matt's dad wants to get her something nice. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know what? Let's let's just get you in something great. For sure. Which For I sure. really like to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a word in here, Matt, that you use, a word that I never use in my lexicon. Uh-oh. But he says, I don't think a Range Rover, like something his dad wants to buy, mm-hmm. would hold up to the stop-and-go mileage bonanza. It is a bonanza. I, I don't use bonanza nearly <laughs> you're here, enough you're in my ban- life. You're hearing banjo music right now, aren't you? You're just I hearing totally banjo am. music. Yeah. I need to incorporate this more into my life. Bonanza of everything. All right. So her history is, of course, the Montero, a 93 Ford Explorer, an 88 Pontiac Tempest, mm-hmm. four-door, mm-hmm. 
And something that Matt is still not quite sure how it happened, but a 1978 Ford Mustang Coupe. It's like my dad and E-Types. Everything <laughs> about my dad and the way he interacts with cars, he should never have owned an E-Type and he owned two, and they were both before I could actually drive them. And you still can't explain how. I, I still, to this did. day, I don't understand it. There's, there's stories uh, of my father actually speeding beyond the speed limit in a, in a Jaguar E-Type, and I think what? they're all lies. I think they're all lies. I've heard these I'm stories. Shocked. Don't believe any of them are true. No but that's the situation of the Mustang here. Uh, I actually um, – oh, I also want to give a hat tip to, uh, to Matt because he said he's driving a GTI. He oh, kind of yes. feels partially because of our show, and he loves it. And Matt, honestly, we say it because it's true. Our biggest thing is getting you into a car you love. If you love that GTI, we're thrilled. Congratulations. So that's great. Thank you for listening. Uh, okay, I actually have two ideas here. Oh, you do? Okay. But one I like more than the other, but I, but I am coming with two because I'm also thinking about this Montero. We have a friend here that has a Montero. Yeah, right. That also, I mean, that also just... is on its second engine, by the way. I just wanted is to bring it really? that up. Oh, yeah. That's I didn't a, that, know that. that car has a second engine. The whole reason they haven't got. Sorry. This you is can't almost see my face, but it's shock. This is here. almost an aside, folks, because Paul and I actually had to drive this car. <laughs> briefly this weekend for another reason doesn't we're not going to bore you with it but we had to get in this montero the reason they haven't gotten rid of that car is because they have more money into it than it's worth because they got a whole other engine that's why it sticks around that's because the reason they're keeping because it. there's no point in selling it there's there's absolutely zero point in selling it it runs it's the winter beater and it's on its second engine it did start up rather crisply yes for a hundred eighty seven thousand mile montero because the engine's got like beat i down. think about fifteen thousand on it now oh my gosh yeah welcome to bought the car cheap <laughs> And then he understood why it was cheap because it promptly needed an engine. I, I'm I'm just so doing the there's, disbelief. There's eye a history roll in Montero's here. Gosh. Let's move on, shall we? What do you have for this? <laughs> I'm looking at two things because he said, you know, we've got a lot of mileage and mm-hmm. that she keeps cars a long time. So I'm thinking something that is large that mm-hmm. she's going to like, mm-hmm. that, and she clearly likes of, large, boxy trucks. Yeah, yeah, something that's going to you know fit her lifestyle, fit mm-hmm. her life, and then something also Japanese. So two choices. First Three? one. Okay. An Escalade, or as my Portuguese friend, no, sorry, Peruvian friend likes to say, Escalade. Sure, yeah, yeah. Which is my favorite way of pronouncing the yeah. word. So I'm thinking about something like that, or anything Lexus, mm-hmm. the Lexus SUVs, because they are Japanese, they are going to run, mm-hmm. you know they're going 400,000, yeah. easy. You and I are almost fully in alignment here. I haven't decided on what Lexus SUV yet, though. I think I've got one. You do? See, I, went, I didn't go Escalade, I went Tahoe. Oh, you did? Okay. But not the, not the LX, not the long one that is basically a Suburban in another clothing. Right. Just get, the, get, the, sh- get the Tahoe. Short wheelbase is yeah. an oxymoron with that. Bend, exactly. Anyway. For sure. Get the Tahoe, because it's still a seven seat. Get the Tahoe, <laughs> because it is big, boxy, but you know what? There's tons of room in that car. Yeah. And they just run. They just run and they have everything. And, and here's the thing. American the Escalade. V8. The Escalade, by the time you buy one for real, it's a $90,000 car. That's true. You go buy a Tahoe and you put some stuff on it and it's sixty five. That's true. I was just thinking, you know, you know, get something really, you know, class, class it up. But you know what? In, in the, two, the Tahoes are really expensive. In the two generations since I owned a, a Tahoe, we actually had a Yukon, but same difference. They've, they've d- done leaps and bounds in interior materials. Oh, yeah. yeah and yeah. so they're, they're really nice places to be, and they are just going to run. And so I think that's a worthwhile contender. That, that, let's put it this way. That chassis, think of it as the short Suburban, that chassis from GM. You could go Yukon. You could go Tahoe. Mm-hmm. It's the same car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that's an, a viable option. But the big Lexus SUV is what you're talking about. It's the LX. The LX. They come in various engine sizes. Our friend with the Montero also has one of these. Are you oh, noting a trend? Right. This is the thing. Oh my gosh. This is why I went there. Why but the LX. Earth? Now, the current one has the largest iteration of the Predator Maw available to the public. 
It's gnarly looking. Which, yeah. which maybe that works for you, maybe it doesn't. But if you go back one generation, you're going to spend not even half your budget, and it's going to just run. It's true. It is the car that makes the Infinity Narwhal look rather conservative. The QX8 million or well, whatever the, it's called. Well, the Infinity Narwhal, their big SUV, is, is the worst thing on the road. Please and, don't and we buy call that. it that because the first time I saw one, I, don't, I can't tell you why. The first time I saw one, I, I, I said, that truck looks like a Narwhal. And everybody <laughs> looked at me like I had grown another head. And then I brought up a picture on my phone because how often does the Narwhal come up in conversation? I'll tell you how often. Never. <laughs> the same amount of time as Bonanza comes up in sentences. Exactly. We've got a Bonanza of Narwhals tonight. That's <laughs> oh, our problem. Proclivity. How many times can we get people drunk in one podcast? Very nice. No, but, but I brought up a picture of a narwhal on my phone, and my wife looked at it and went, you're right. It looks like a narwhal. Were they studying these sea creatures while they were sketching? But the, if you go back one gen, the Lexus L- – here's the thing. The LX is the Land Cruiser for Lexus. Yeah, it's got to be the LX. So that's the one that, that gets it done. I hope one of those will, will solve this. Uh, we love your Montero, Mom. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, we're going to send you bumper stickers. So don't make me do it. Don't make me come back there, kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, moving on to questions from social media. <laughs> Lots of great stuff on here. We could have done an all-question podcast. No kidding. Drew, it's like you're, uh, you're not saving your questions here. Drew V is, is asking, like, multiple questions Yeah, he's, he's like three or four at a time. Yeah. <laughs> he's asking, is it me or designers just cribbing designs from each other now at the L.A. show? He's looking at the BMW... I vision looked like the Jaguar XE, which looks like the VW Cross. I don't even know how to pronounce that. We just threw letters at it because we thought it was different. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. You're not wrong. And keep in mind, Drew, that designers change jobs too, and they True. also yeah, yeah. get in ruts, just like writers do, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. filmmakers, yeah, yeah. or yeah, yeah. anybody in a creative. Hey, sure, this is just sure. the thing that I like, and I'm currently doing whatever that is. That mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. you know sketches and designs that I'm doing, whatever, you yeah, kind of yeah. get into a rut. And especially if you, you're just, this is what I think Audis should look like. And then you move to GM. Like, no, 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 oh, no. Sure. That is sure, not sure. the aesthetic yeah. that we are cultivating yeah. over here. So yes, designers are always looking at each other's work and they might say, you know what? That's a great detail. Let me kind of, this is how I would interpret that cool mm, detail mm, or that mm-hmm. cool proportion. Sure, yeah. That is happening. I mean, the fashion world, I mean, how many, you know, you name the fashion house, they're looking at each other's stuff, yeah. on and on. So, yes, that does happen. But rare is it when a car comes out that you think, wow, that is that is pure design mm-hmm. aesthetic from that company. I cannot mistake that for anything else. Mm, That's when you know you've gone down a great road there. Okay. Um, one of these questions makes me want to rant. Rant um, coming up. Uh, Michael. Michael Newson wrote in on Facebook and right. asked questions about the 911T. Ah. I'm just going to jump off of that into you and Chance talking about it last yes, time. Yes, we did. Come You've been desperate it. to do this since you I'm weren't on sorry, the podcast for I'm this. sorry, but the 911T makes zero sense of any kind because because here's the problem. The, the premise is – now, let me go back historically. Okay. We did the 50 Years of 911 film. If you haven't seen 50 Years of 911, if you like Porsches at all – look, I'll even say it this way. I'm not a Porsche guy. So yes. I made that that film with this in mind, okay? Hopefully you will still enjoy it and still learn about Porsches. Many people have told us that, that they actually like the 911 more having seen that film. Thank you. And we hope if you are not about 911s or you love 911s, you'll probably like that movie. Like me. I'm jumping backwards in time. There was the 911T designation mm-hmm. has been a thing pretty much since the beginning of 911s, okay? Mm-hmm. In the SC realm, like the late 60s, early 70s, you'd get a 911T. You yep, get true. early gen 911Ts. Well, those are really expensive now, by the way. But they were the kind of 
less is more version, the little more focused version. This is what the, so they're they're calling on their actual history. I get that, except for the fact we're now living in a world where I think it's twenty three or twenty four variations of the nine eleven. It depends entirely on where you check your boxes. But the premise of this car is flawed. <laughs> okay. Because I, the, I, these are foreign words to my ears, but I continue. Know, I know. I, follow along. You've gone to white noise. But for everybody that is still listening. It's like a white noise machine beside exactly, my bed. Exactly right. What? So, But here's the thing. They're, they're giving you less. There's, there's no air conditioning radio thing. There's a light half glass back window. These kind of things. In a, in a premise to say – we got you a lighter 911, but it's not like it's 300 pounds lighter. It's what, like 100 pounds lighter? Yeah, and and when they do the, hey, we made a lighter car, usually it's like, it's 23 pounds lighter. Yeah, exactly. Let's celebrate with a new model designation. Yeah, so, so that's the thing. <sighs> it's not much lighter. And then the second thing is, if you are a person that's actually specking this car, what are you going to do? We're going to add air conditioning back in, and you're going to go, I'd like a rear glass wiper, which means you get a normal glass in there. And now it weighs as much as a normal 911. Yeah. You just I, go shopping for a 911 and move on. I agree. You're, you're not wrong. And I, I, I am loath to admit that I, I want the T to come back out. And I will say the new driver-focused, lightweight sort of thinking I like from Porsche. Instead Love of that. adding more horsepower and everything is more, 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 mm-hmm. this represents to me a, you know what? It's only 370 horsepower. In Porsche land... That's kind of low. Sure. For sure, sure. Well, in modern car land, it's low. Yeah. I mean, for just, you know, expensive $100,000 car. For sure. Like, for sure. Wow. Okay. So they're they're embracing this. They just didn't go far enough for my taste. I agree. If they're going to do this, it can't be 100 pounds. It has to be 700 pounds lighter. <laughs> sure. Why not? I mean. But take your point. Wow. This is, the door panels are made out of nothing. Yeah. And it's just, you know what? This is a really stripped down, driver focused. Mm-hmm. You don't care. And it, and in that scenario, it also has to be cheaper. And it has to be cheaper. I agree. I just I would love that if they applied that to Caymans and, sure, and really sure. dialed it back to and let's make a really inexpensive version that people can get into. <laughs> Never going to happen. A Lotusified Cayman. That's exactly it. Yeah, it's the Lotus thinking with uh-huh. you know what we left some screw heads exposed. We, we don't we don't <gasps> need any of that stuff. Everybody, you can see the tops of the screw heads. You're gonna oh it, no. Guess what? It rattles in here. It's loud in here. But have you driven this? Well, it's yeah. not gonna rattle. I mean, it's a Porsche 911. Well, rattle. but if you stri- strip everything out, guess what? There's nowhere for the rattles to go <laughs> other than in your eardrum. Ask me how I know. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. All right, so. Um, Ariopolis is asking on Instagram, Todd and Paul, mm-hmm. have, how have your tastes in cars changed as you have gotten more sophisticated, mature, wiser, worldly, on and on and on? Mm. Uh, I would say for me, there's it, it's split off more into less of a do-it-all car. And more the thinking of, you know, as your income grows throughout life and, mm-hmm. you know, ideally speaking, um, I think more in terms of dedicated cars for things. I agree with and that. And yeah. I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to afford that Cayman. To sure. Be honest. It's yeah, yeah. the most expensive car I've ever owned. And I'm just, yeah. I'm amazed that I still have it. Honestly, mm-hmm. I'm just, I love it. And I'm just going, wow, this is, I mean, sure. There's R8s and the expensive mm-hmm. cars mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So in comparison, this is nothing, but I love it. Mm-hmm. And it makes me feel special in them. It's an yeah, event yeah, yeah. when I drive it. Sure, and sure. if we can find cars for you that have that kind of thing in your life, that's great. Mm-hmm. But that's not my only car. I've got the Jeep to bash around in great here point. too. Great point. And so that fills another need in my life. And hey, you know what? I just want to listen to Sirius XM radio and whatever the channel is and relax yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, comfort. And I 
you know, kind of want to be away from it all kind of thing. I like that too. And I like the idea of having, Hey, I've got a sedan. Hey, I've mm. got a fun sports car. Coupe. Sure. Hey, I've yeah. got a track car. Hey, I've got an SUV. I mean, I could string it the, out pretty far. The right far. tool for the job is what you're talking about. Exactly right. Yeah. And then that means the fun car can be even more hardcore, mm-hmm. focused, mm-hmm. fun, amazing, whatever that is mm-hmm. in your life. And that's that's how things have gone. I mean, I grew up, you know, we both grew up loving beautiful styling and, yeah. you know, yeah. early on, that's ingrained so early. But you think, I, I can't drive a Jag E-Type. I can't, you know, I can't drive it in the snow and around sure, town. And sure, sure, sure. You know, take it skiing or, I mean, you know what I mean? You could. <laughs> I would try. But I take your point, yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So well, I, I look at it like that. I actually, that is one place where I think you and I have, have matured similarly. And that is the older I get, the more, even if I can't afford it, the more I think in terms of right tool for the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I, I want to have something that is just the nicer place to be that you can throw stuff in, don't have to worry about as much because you need that car. Going to dinner. You're just going for a nice evening but, out. But I also want to have yeah. that that ridiculous thing like the Lotus. But I will say the common thread for me in the cars I buy are cars without question that don't have slop. Mm-hmm. Power that. is far secondary. Mm-hmm. If you look at the cars that I own right now, the Cayenne is one of the most dialed in as far as handling is concerned SUVs out there. I realize the Urus just came out. But anyway – but also, well. we didn't get the big, powerful one. We got a, a, a seventy. It was seventy-two thousand dollars MSRP uh, Cayenne that we got for twenty-six. Unbelievable. Okay, such a fantastic. So, and buy. nobody looks at it and goes, "That's a cheap car," because they think it's oh, it's a Porsche. So there's that. Yeah. But that car, you can throw that down a freeway off ramp or or whatever, and it's just for for its size, it has great handling. The Mini is a laugh. It is. I didn't it go is. out seeking a car that would do that, but if I got lucky. And then, of course, the Lotus, you've already heard Paul talk about it. It's just directly hardwired into your brain with an overload of information. I don't like slop in cars. Mm-hmm. I want to I be able to turn the wheel. Listen to what we talked about on the track day, the Motor Press Guild track day recently. Yeah. The LC500, yeah. that Lexus. Fantastic GT car. It is. We both really, really liked it. It is. But it had a split second of delay and response for me that bugged me because that's the way I'm wired. Yes, although I will say owning a Lotus is exacerbating. Absolutely, the, the it's tiny making me worse. Things that you notice it's now are me worse. Grand Canyon gaps. You're, you're of, absolutely right. This car sucks because it's not a you're Lotus. You're absolutely right. That's that's the thing. Did you feel the handling? No, nothing's a Lotus. Nothing has that little weight over the front wheels. <laughs> yeah, Paul. No car built. Paul's smacking me like they do in the movie Airplane. Like, get out of it. Stop this. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, there is that. No, but but that's the thing. I I want cars that there isn't there isn't slop in the handling, which is excellent and. There are those cars. I mean, for sure, in every market segment, it, you know, and, and every size too. And I'm not requiring every car to be a Lotus, but I do want cars not have slop. No cars can have slop. Can yeah. we turn that into a T-shirt? Maybe, maybe slopless cars. I, yeah. I don't know. Okay, stop. Okay, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Matthew Green wrote in on Facebook. He has a dilemma. He has a real problem. Hmm. Uh, he's been married for 20 years. Oh, That's been great, great and idyllic and wonderful, question. <laughs> except now he just went to an international auto show, and he's, he's as happens in an auto show, you're drifting around, your spouse is behind you somewhere, they're looking at something, you know, whatever. <laughs> and he hears his wife go, that car's amazing. And he thinks, what? What is this thing she's looked at? My wife got excited about a car. What is it? Is it the new Alpha Julia? Is it the NSX? It's the, it's the Prius. She's looking at the Prius. <sighs> and as much as Matthew doesn't want to admit this, <laughs> in that moment, his wife became a little bit less attractive to him. <laughs> I hate to say that, but it's happened. So he's saying, guys, what do I do? Besides this being a massive room full of rakes, I'm going to try to tackle this question. Um, I would like to hear this. Matthew, the the answer here is 
is your wife a car person? My guess is she isn't, and she went with you to the auto show because you wanted to go. That's my guess. I could be wrong. My question is, what have her define what's amazing about mm-hmm. that look? Agreed. Yeah. Because amazing is one of those words kind of like the word interesting. <laughs> interesting doesn't mean good. Right. Something can be amazingly terrible. It can have a negative connotation. It can be amazingly terrible. <laughs> she, my suspicion is... She looked at that car, which, let's be honest, has got a hey, look at me design. Now, for me personally, and I think you as well, Paul, it's hey, look at me, followed by, and now I'm retching. But it has a hey, look at me design. Which in my eyes would feel better. So there is that. My guess is she looked at that car and then connected to the fact it's a Prius and went, that's amazing. Because you don't expect a Prius to say anything with the styling. That's a great point. So I want you to understand from your wife, why was it amazing? And if she's just responding to the fact that it has look at me styling, styling is subjective, even though that car's terrible. Styling is subjective. <laughs> so I can understand that car being eye catching and surprising for a Prius. Doesn't make it good, by the way. Yes. But but let's be let the other thing we have to say, every time we talk about the Prius, we have to say it. It's good at what it does, which is, hey, look, I didn't get much gas mileage. I mean I didn't I didn't burn much gas. I got great gas mileage. Right. That's right. what it does. I don't understand the look right now. But that's not they're not selling that car to me anyway. So I think I think you're safe. I think you're safer than you realize, Matthew. But you're just gonna have to unpack that and figure out why was that amazing? <laughs> I don't think because he, he, here's here's what I'm worried has happened with Matthew. He heard that and he thought, My wife wants a Prius. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. True. You could go wind True. up in something that is not a Prius, and she can still look at that design and think that's amazing. Sure. And I'll I'll just add a few more thoughts to that, Matthew. There's elements about that car from a styling standpoint that are so unfamiliar and not recognizable on a car that seems attainable and affordable Mm, and mm. useful and it seats people and carries stuff. That's good. It's not, hey, look at that NSX. That's amazing because she would never consider that for your family. Obviously, it's a whatever that, you know, rocket sled with lawn chairs in it. Perfect. Who cares? Sounds like my perfect car. All of us are going, well, yeah, that's the right recipe, you know, but... For that, it could be a, huh, that's really striking, and amazing might have been the wrong word choice at the moment. <laughs> wow, your baby is amazingly ugly yeah, exactly. or something. <laughs> that does exist. So I, I would just add to that and, and kind of say, all right, you know, unrecognizable styling. That's, a, you know, that's an amazing line. That, that's really bold and in my face, and for an economy car, that, that just is, that's pretty wild looking. I don't know if I well, like it or not, but that's amazing. If, if, if you can, for a moment, picture in your mind the ridiculously crazy taillights of the Prius. Just just pull them off the car. Just let them hang in space for you for a second. And then think, what car do these go on? You don't think Prius. You don't. That's kind of amazing. <laughs> Very well done. Excellent. Moving on to Scott Adair's question. He is a longtime fan of the show. Scott, thank you for writing in. Absolutely. He's asking, as many of you are, about the 10 best cars that Car and Driver have announced. Motor Trend has announced Mm -hmm. things, too. He's saying, you know, first year without a BMW on the list. Scott is a massive BMW fan. He is, yes. And as a matter of fact, the owner of uh, one of the cars in our Icon film. Yeah. The white E30. The owner also of that same white E30 that is in season two. We did something we've always wanted to do. Season two has got an episode with a 
late 80s Carrera 32911 with the G50 transmission up against the first-gen M3 Scott's car. Those cars are direct peers. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. We put them together. It was, it was so much fun. They even smell alike. It's kind of crazy, yeah. It's so cool. He also owns the Valencia Orange 1M, anyway, that we yep. both want. So he's also saying the Honda Accord's still there, longest-running winner ever. Mm-hmm. And then over here, was it uh, Motor Trend announcing the Alpha? Was yeah. that right? Yeah, yeah. And that was up there. Yeah, I, I, um, it used to kind of be, you'd think, all right, so who gave the most money to the publishing company? Mm-hmm. Who advertised the most this year? You know, give you a little solid you know, yeah. arm yeah. bump in return. <laughs> you know, here yeah. you go, guys. Yes, I, I do agree. I mean, they're, they're looking for the dynamism that we found and we agreed with in the Alpha. Mm-hmm. I really like that car. The big lingering question, of course, we've discussed ad nauseum is the reliability long term. Sure, sure, sure. But for a while, this car moves me. It moves my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. The Giulia Quadrifoglio truly is a very special car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, Alpha has spent money I can't even fathom in the last <laughs> 18 months, if you think about Super Bowl commercials and the cover of every car magazine at least at least once and in some cases twice, what the cover looked like the cover, but it was actually the cover itself was an ad for the Julia. Then you peeled that back and now was the real cover. So when you yeah, think about how yeah. much money was spent in advertising, it is very easy to say it's because they spent so much money you picked that car. I, I see the through line. I get it. Mm. Putting that to the side, because we have no idea, and I'm going to like to assume not. That car is special. Truly special. Yeah, agreed. Uh, a few more quick questions on here. Matt B. is asking, what is the best auto-themed gift you have received? Or the worst? I think the best some that, gifts that I've received have been you know, nice big coffee table books on you know, hmm. the generations of hmm. Ferrari or you know the generations of Porsche or whatever. I learned so much from reading stuff like that. The worst has been a disc brake clock that was out for a long time. It was a, actually the, the rotor you could turn with your hands, and it was a Yay. clock in the middle, and the glass promptly fell out of it. And Good. That sounds awesome. Yuck. Um, I, uh, I actually have to say that whenever I get uh, car arcade games or, like, the wheel for the, the PlayStation and that mm, kind of stuff, yeah, I, yeah. I, have a, I have a wheel on my Christmas list this year. Yeah, I'm just saying. Nice. That's just right. You out there. died, didn't it? Yeah, unfortunately it did. So I'm changing brands. But anyway, moving on. Uh, that, that's just a little <laughs> bit too much about me. But uh, So that, that's happening. But I'm going to say, look, I'm going to take this opportunity for shameless plug. Okay. Because that happens every year. People do ask us about Christmas uh, gifts. And I am going to say it. We offer all four of our films on Blu-ray. Agreed. Now, I know, Absolutely. I know. Trust me. I am the guy, too, that has a huge Amazon account. I have an eight-year-old son. He's almost eight. I have an eight-year-old son, which means Netflix and Amazon and the cloud of content is our friend. Mm-hmm. But yet, I like to have Blu-rays of things. And a lot of people do. And our Blu-rays have got all these extras. The reason I'm pushing Blu-ray right now, not just because I am a film geek, but because a Blu-ray is something you can hand someone as a gift. It's true. Yep. You can still get our films on Vimeo. You can get them as, you know, lifetime downloads the same way you would on, on Amazon. You've got, you just own it. You can watch it anytime. Thank you to all of you that buy them that way. If you want to give a, a family member that, you certainly can. We encourage it. We've heard stories every year about, like, guys get together with their dad and they sit down and watch one of our films over Christmas. So cool. Yeah. That's, that's the coolest thing. Yeah. That's, I love that. I thought it was just my dad because I made the thing. But apparently it happens again, <laughs> yeah. which is nice. Uh, yeah. But anyway, but, but the thing about the Parents Blu-ray is – They're interested in their kid's stuff, right? Besides the fact that you've got the film, 
and the extras, it is a gift you can hand to someone. So I'm, that's my shameless plug right now. All those four are, are available. No, I love that too. And, and thank you for reminding me of that. Uh, what else? Any other questions on your list? Uh, there are many, but I think we probably should wrap it up. I do want to say, guys, thank you to all of you that have been rating and reviewing the podcast and sharing it. Yeah. This is what helps us grow. This is what keeps us in the top 10 of all automotive podcasts. We are amazed that happens. This is what allows us to have meetups where you guys that listen yes. come hang out with us because yes. people on those meetups are like, I found you guys because you're in the top 10. Yeah. I was looking to buy a car, and somebody shared this podcast with me. That is working, and we are hearing people repeat it back to us. So I just have to say again, if you haven't rated, reviewed, shared, please help us out because we love it. it. Yeah, agreed. 15 cars on the last meetup, guys. Yeah. 15 actually came, and I know more of you listening wanted to. We'll look forward to doing it again. And there's one last question on here that I think we should do in the future because this okay. could be a great debate. Mark B. is asking – what car would you recommend as a first rear-wheel drive car? Because I've never driven a rear-wheel drive car before. This hmm. will take hours, hmm. Mark. <laughs> We're going to give him the must-drive list? <laughs> Got it. I think so. But great question. And thanks a million to all of you guys for listening, for watching. Really, really appreciate you being fans of the show and being along with both Todd and I. We we just can't thank you enough because it's so much fun and sure, yeah. we're looking to a huge 2018. <laughs> it's going to be As massive. long as it gets edited, it'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome, guys. Well, thanks again. Looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone. Geico presents unhelpful home improvement how-tos. A slippery bathroom floor can result in expensive hospital bills. So today, I'll show you how to cushion a serious fall by filling your bathroom with thousands of plastic balls. Just nail a piece of plywood across the doorway and dump in 2,000 multicolored plastic balls. You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Federal government worker Blake Murray in D.C. says he's pretty much had it with the partial government shutdown. It's pretty demoralizing, um, you know, and I feel like kind of a pawn in a political game and totally powerless. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is asking President Trump to postpone his January 29th State of the Union address, citing security concerns. But Republicans say this is just politics, shutdown politics, a move intended to keep President Trump off the national stage. Going to prison for 20 years, a Tennessee teacher who took a 15-year-old student and ran for weeks prosecutor Dan Cochran. We think it's a serious sentence. 20 years is a significant amount of time. He's going to have all that time to think about what he did, the consequences of it. We asked for 30, obviously, but 20 is a very serious sentence, and we feel good about it. An employee and a customer at an IHOP restaurant in Huntsville, Alabama, were killed in a shooting that also injured another employee. I'm Rita Foley.